Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Hello, friends. What is up? I'm so happy to be back in your ears today, and I'm excited about this topic. We're going to talk about how to handle criticism. Isn't that so fun? (laughs) How to handle criticism like a successful person. And I have been thinking about this topic for a really long time. I've been wanting to share this with you because I figure, you know what? I'll just share from my life. I will share what I go through, and hopefully as I go through my process, it will help you as well. So I have been thinking about the idea of criticism because, surprise, surprise, I've gotten some criticism recently, and I've been kind of thinking back over times in my life where I've had criticism that's really impacted me and how I've handled that and how successful people handle that. And the reality is, if you are a human being in human relationship with anyone, you are bound to experience criticism in your life, right? We cannot escape it. It is bound to come. And so it's not a matter of not experiencing it. It's a matter of, well, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do with it? Are we going to just wallow and are we going to let criticism bring us down? Or are we going to use criticism as a tool for our own growth? So that's what I wanted to go over today. So let me just start by, I'll share a couple of my own personal experiences with criticism that have been prominent in my life. And then I was also coaching someone on this this week. So many years ago, when I was first starting out my career as an obesity physician, I was invited to give a talk. And it was probably, there were probably about 60 people at this talk. It was a mix of the general public as well as clinicians in the field. And about a week after the talk, the organizers sent me the feedback forms. Of course, this was one of my very first talks, and I already had some kind of social anxiety, so I was really, really eager to see what people said so that I could feel better about myself and feel good about myself, right? And I was going through the feedback forms, and there were maybe 25 feedback forms submitted, of which 24 of them were overwhelmingly positive and glowing and wonderful, people saying how they loved my talk. And one of the forms said, do not give her a platform again. And I remember those words so clearly because they stung so much. Do not give her a platform again. I lost sleep over it. I, you know, ruminated on it. I thought about this one out of 25 feedback forms from some anonymous attendee who did not provide a name or any context for the criticism, just a single line one mean statement from someone covered by the veil of anonymity who didn't like what I had to say. And I didn't have self-coaching practice back then. I didn't understand this whole like thoughts, feelings thing. This is probably eight years ago, but I had my faith and I recall praying about this comment and the impact that it had on me. And since that time, Fortunately, I have gone on to give hundreds of talks on obesity management across Canada, even internationally. And I have this podcast where I speak. I've spoken on television shows. I've spoken on the news. And my point is, if I had let 
that criticism stop me. If I had let it define me and mean something about my worth or my value or my ability to speak, I would not have had all of these opportunities. So I want you to keep that in mind. I was coaching a client recently who was struggling with feeling insecure after receiving criticism in a job interview. So she was sharing with me how she really wants a new job and she had gone on one interview and she had gotten the feedback that she needed to improve her interview skills. And of course, she made that mean that she was terrible at doing interviews, she didn't know how to communicate, that she wasn't good enough. She made it mean all of these things. She internalized that criticism And as a result of all of the thoughts that she was having about what this comment meant, she felt insecure. And from that place of feeling insecure, of course, she was not going out and looking for other interviews. She wasn't going out and applying for more jobs. She was staying exactly as she was, just indulging in that negative emotion and not moving forward. So that is what can happen if we allow criticism to bring us down, if we allow criticism to somehow define our worth and our ability and our value as a human being, it can rob us of our potential. It can rob us of our future. And we all face criticism, as I said. So what sets successful people apart is not whether they experience criticism or not, it is how they handle criticism. We know that human beings love to hate other human beings, right? So People say mean things, they say nasty things, and sometimes they say criticism that is actually legit, right? Like there's actual basis for the criticism that people offer. But what we do with that is going to define our success. So I'm gonna give you my four-step process for handling criticism like a successful person. I hope this is valuable to you. So the first step in handling criticism is number one, allow yourself to feel the sting of it. What do I mean by that? I mean that you actually have to allow yourself to feel the negative emotions that come because of the criticism rather than trying to distract yourself, trying to buffer like by overeating, by watching Netflix, by doing all the things that we typically do to try to not feel. We have to actually feel. And it's okay to feel the negative emotions. Only by allowing yourself to experience the sting of the criticism can you actually start to get to the point where you process what is the emotion you're feeling and why are you feeling that emotion. And here is the kicker. Criticism only has a sting if it encounters self-doubt. What does that mean? Well, think about it. If someone said to you, I hate your purple hair. It is so ugly and you don't have purple hair, that criticism would just roll off your back and it would not affect you. You wouldn't start feeling sad about it. It would do nothing because it wouldn't engage your self-doubt. It wouldn't cause you to start having thoughts like, oh my gosh, everyone hates my hair. Like I should change the color of my hair. You wouldn't engage in any of that because it would mean nothing to you. So criticism is just words that people say. And the words that people say will only have an impact on you if it triggers self-doubt in you. If it hits a sore spot where you start doubting, oh yeah, maybe they're right. Maybe everyone thinks that about me. Maybe I really am terrible. Maybe I am a horrible speaker. Maybe I really shouldn't ever have a platform again. When that starts happening is when the criticism will have an impact. And that is the only time it will sting. And so 
You won't get to that though if you don't actually take the time to feel the negative emotion and then ask yourself what it is that you're feeling. So for, for me, I know that when I receive criticism and I feel the sting that comes from it, it's usually because I start having thoughts like, everyone must think that too, right? My mind will naturally kind of extrapolate one comment from one person to everyone must now be thinking this about me, right? I must, they must be right. I must be a terrible person and, and just kind of extrapolating it. But by sitting and understanding, what is it that I'm feeling? Is it that I'm feeling shame because of what I'm thinking? Is it that I'm feeling embarrassed? Is it that I'm feeling misunderstood? By going through the process of actually allowing yourself to feel, number one, and then identifying what it is that you're feeling, you can start asking yourself, well, why am I, think why am I feeling this way? Oh, I'm feeling this way because I'm believing that this one comment means that everyone thinks this. Well, maybe I have a whole lot of evidence that that is not true, right? So when we can ask ourselves why we're feeling this way, we can start to see that a lot of times our thoughts are just taking us down this trail of really unhelpful thinking that actually doesn't have a whole lot of basis for it. So number one was allow yourself to feel the sting of it because that allows you to process through the emotion and get to the root of what are the thoughts that you are having that are causing you to feel this way. One last thing before I move on from that is just to remind you that it is your thoughts that cause your emotions. It is not someone else's words that cause us to feel. And this is so important because as long as we think other people's words cause our emotions, we are completely giving up our personal power. If I believe that someone else has power over my emotions by what they say causing me to feel, right? Oh, if my husband hadn't said that, I wouldn't be in a bad mood. Or if he hadn't done that, I wouldn't feel this way. As long as we attribute our feelings to other people's actions and words, we give up all of our personal power. So it's so important to realize the way we feel is based on the thoughts that we have and how we interpret what other people say and do. Okay, now moving on to step two of the process. Step two is asking yourself, is there anything I can learn from this criticism? And I love this because it really gives you the ownership back. It really gives you control back. People can say lots of different things and you can internalize that and feel beaten down and make yourself feel completely insecure about what they've said. Or you can turn it around and say, okay, what can I learn from this criticism that has been offered? And the reality is, is that if you are going to take massive action in your life and massive action is defined as taking messy action and just taking steps forward and being willing to fail, then it means that there is going to be some failure in your life and it means that there's likely going to be some criticism from people around you as well. But my personal philosophy is I would rather take massive action then remain in inaction out of fear. And to give you context of what I'm thinking about as I'm sharing this with you, as I'm growing my business, and I love being an entrepreneur, and I love that we're growing this business that is here to serve hundreds and thousands of women, I have taken steps, made changes. We've changed the program a whole lot. We've added things. We've taken some things away. And with that, some people don't like change. And some people have criticized through that and my options are, I don't take the steps because I'm afraid of what people are going to think, 
Or I take the steps and be willing to fail and be willing to deal with criticism from people, but that keeps moving me forward. And I've decided that I'm going to be okay with criticism. It doesn't make it fun, but it is a part of the journey and I'm okay with that. So I want to offer that to you that there is criticism that you can just learn to accept as part of the journey. And you can ask yourself, what can I learn from it? The lesson sometimes may be as simple as I'm learning to handle criticism and not let it mean anything about me as a person. Maybe that's the whole lesson from receiving the criticism, but maybe there is something in the criticism that is worth looking at, right? So how can I grow from this? And if you turn it around that way, it can be so empowering rather than something that strips you of your power and makes you feel insecure. Number three is realizing in this four-step process that other people's thoughts are based on their brain and what's going on in their head. And it doesn't actually have anything to do with you. And this one is like this paradigm that can be like kind of crazy to actually realize, but other people's thoughts are based on their brain and don't actually reflect you. I'm gonna share a little story with you to help you understand this. So there's a book that I read to my children and I love it. It's called Duck on the Bike. And I highly recommend you go on YouTube and just watch the story because it, it's such a simple analogy that show, that demonstrates this. The whole premise of the book is that this duck decides that he's going to learn how to ride a bike. So he's in this farmyard with all these other animals and he gets on a bike and he starts riding it around the barnyard and he goes by each animal and he waves at each animal because he's so excited that he's riding this bike. And each animal has these different thoughts in their mind. So when the duck rides past Cat, Cat thinks, what a show off. The sheep thinks, he's gonna hurt himself if he's not careful. The dog thinks, that's a mighty neat trick. So all the animals have all these different thoughts. The duck is just doing the same thing. He's riding this bike, but each animal, based on their own experience and based on their own brain, has a different thought about what the duck is doing. And it's such a perfect illustration because that is exactly how it is as human beings. People will have thoughts about you and what you're doing with your life and how, what you said. And it is completely based on their experience and their past and their thought patterns and actually doesn't have anything to do with you. And if you can get to the point where you realize that, it's so freeing because you will spend less time trying to control other people's thoughts about you by being careful with what you say and you know, trying to navigate yourself well so that you don't accidentally say the wrong thing so that they don't feel a certain way about you. It is exhausting to try to control other people's thoughts and feelings. And it's very freeing to realize that their thoughts and feelings are based on their brain and what their thought processes are and actually don't have anything to do with you. Similarly, your thoughts about other people have to do with your brain and what's going on in your head and actually don't have much to do with them either. And that is really a powerful concept. I hope that is helpful. I hope you can kind of wrap your head around that. I want you to sit with that a little bit because I think it's easy to be like, yeah, yeah, I get that. But in practice, we all think we can control how other people think and feel about us. And the crazy thing is that if someone likes you, the whole basis for them liking you and the relationship, a positive relationship, is just that they're choosing to have positive thoughts about you. They're having thoughts that create feelings like admiration or affection, appreciation. And if someone doesn't like you, all that means is that they are choosing to have negative thoughts about you. That's it. So the whole basis of our relationship is just based on what are the thoughts that we are choosing to have about the other person. Pretty powerful. 
All right, step four is realizing that everything in life is 50-50. I have shared this before, but I'm sharing it again because it's one of the most life-changing concepts that I learned from my mentor, Brooke Castillo. And it's the idea that everything in life is 50-50. So it's 50% positive, it's 50% negative. It doesn't matter how famous you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what job you have, who your partner is. It's always going to be 50-50. We all experience suffering and pain, disappointment and sadness. That is just part of the human experience. And on the other side, we all also experience emotions like pride and joy and excitement. So here's how it is played out practically. Let's say you want a promotion at work. You need to be willing to experience the 50% negative. That means the fear that you may be rejected, the anxiety of applying for the promotion, the discomfort of waiting for an answer from your boss. All of that is, you know, the unpleasant emotions that you have to be willing to feel. And only in being willing to feel those feelings, the fear of putting yourself out there, right, for which, which for many people is really scary. But being willing to experience that 50% negative also allows you to feel the 50% positive which is the celebration when you do get the job, the excitement, the sense of accomplishment when you finally get that promotion. So it's 50-50 on both sides. Coming back to my experience as an entrepreneur, I experienced this near daily. So I experienced the total sense of accomplishment of growing my team. And I love the success stories that we get when people email us with the most incredible testimonials. And then I also hear the complaints the criticisms, the nasty emails from the haters. It's not fun. I don't love that part of it, but I'm willing to experience the 50% that's negative because I also get to experience the 50% that's positive. We get both sides, right? When we try to avoid feeling the negative 50%, we end up making our life smaller, living smaller, being afraid of stepping out there because we don't want to experience those emotions. What if we were just okay with experiencing rejection? What if we were okay with experiencing criticism? What if all of that is okay and we don't make it a problem? So my four-step process in handling criticism like a successful person. One, allow yourself to feel the sting of it. Two, is there anything I can learn from this criticism? Three, Remember that other people's thoughts are based on their brain, don't have anything to do with you. And four, everything in life is 50-50. I want to leave you with some thoughts that have helped me in handling criticism. And there are thoughts that I like to practice and I like to go to when I'm experiencing criticism. And I hope that you can use these thoughts as well. First thought is, I can't please everyone and it isn't my job to please everyone. There are people who really value me and what I have to offer, and I'm going to focus on them. Other people's thoughts come from their brain and don't actually reflect me at all. I can learn from this. I love that thought. I can learn from this. I can learn from every situation, and I'm always winning. Next thought is, growth requires discomfort, and I'm willing to embrace being uncomfortable. And the last one is, I'm willing to get it wrong and keep going. That is what I have for you today. I hope that is helpful. And I just want to close by saying, if you are struggling with feeling all of those emotions and it's causing you to go to eating instead, if you are stress eating, if you are emotional eating, if you are self-sabotaging and you need help with that, 
then I want you to come into our program. This is exactly what we are amazing at. We are amazing at getting to the root issues of what's driving the behaviors that you don't want to be engaging in, but you keep doing. That's what coaching allows us to do. So I want you to go over to www.highmetabolicclinic.com, book a discovery call with my team. You do not need to keep suffering alone. We have hundreds and moving to thousands of women's lives who have changed by learning to love themselves, by learning to take the messy action, by learning to be uncomfortable. And I would love for you to join us. All right, everyone have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.